Welcome to the Daughters Project Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Join us this season as the sisters gather around the mics to share their experiences of God's love through the lens of His sacred word. You can find out more about our work at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at Daughter St. Paul. Enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Daughters Project Podcast. I'm Sister Julie Benedicta. I'm Sister Orianne Pietra Renee. I'm Sister Maria Kim. Yay! We're so excited to have Sister Maria Kim here with us today. Super excited to be here. No, y'all, seriously, like, I cannot wait for you to get to know this sister a little bit better. Um, she's, like, one of my big role models. Oh, please. <laughs> no, no, please. Like, somebody that I really look up to, and I am Goodness. excited to get her to share some of her wonderful insights with, I mean, honestly, with me, <laughs> and also with all of you, so... This is going to be a fun episode. Yeah, I just love the topic of suffering. It's, <laughs> I know it's kind of weird, but I love talking about it because there is so much spiritual efficacy. And I feel like there's something kind of, I mean, I'm going to call it weird because it's a little bit weird, but like the daughters of St. Paul, because of our charism and the way St. Paul experiences Christ, um, I think God... It's not like he wants to inflict it on us, but when it comes, he's like, go ahead, honey. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's the deep end. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't like push you, but he's like, there it is. I'm, I'm going to meet you in the deep end of the pool. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I just feel like I've seen that pattern over and over in the lives of our sisters and the sisters that I've grown in friendship with. And I feel so privileged when I see the Lord kind of inviting them into this sacred space of, mm. it's like, I mean, you call it suffering and it sounds so scary or darkness and it sounds so scary. But when you have, when you start to kind of habituate yourself to carrying the cross with Jesus, like accepting that stuff in your life, it becomes sweet. And I don't mean to sound like saccharine and weird, like, you know, those saints that pray for suffering like that's i don't know <laughs> we don't do that <laughs> that's a little much for me it's like that's on a whole nother plane but but i i do i'm i'm excited to talk to you too about it because i know you guys are fun and profound okay i'm over here <laughs> grinning because i just love that you absolutely just dove head first into the topic like no chit chat no banter like deep end <laughs> sorry like, deep in head first let's go Sp- no spoiler alerts like just <laughs> yeah i mean that's the life of an introvert like if you'd like to talk to me about anything superficial i will be absolutely boring <laughs> Or I'll walk away from you. (laughs) Politely, but I'll walk away. (laughs) Oh, I love it so much. Okay, well, since we just went there. (laughs) Okay, what was I supposed to do? No, I mean, just usually like you chat a little bit. Oh, sorry. No, that's perfect. This is is why we invited you here. (laughs) So you could be you. (laughs) No, so, so what we're doing this season, as you know, is we're talking about the experience of God's love through all the different lenses that our various sisters are able to kind of bring to the topic. Mm-hmm. So, um, and those lenses kind of take the form of, they could be saints quotes or they could be verses of scripture mm-hmm. or whatever. So you want to tell us what lens you picked for today's topic? So obviously it was suffering. <laughs> <laughs> and it was actually because Sister Benedicta and I were talking. I, I've been home taking care of mom and 
we just had this amazing conversation. And then you're like, hey, you want to come on the podcast and talk about that? And I'm like, yeah, but I'm going to be a little dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, perfect. Yeah. So the verse that um, I feel like the verse kind of picked me and uh, I um, from Psalm 139, uh, the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as day. So, sister, what made you choose that particular or why do you think that verse chose you? So when I think of that verse, um, I remember songs that um, quote Psalm 139. I remember moments in my life where um, I was like, Lord, I know this is true. Or moments when the Holy Spirit, you know, like kind of literally reminds you. Jesus promises that the Holy Spirit will remind you, and he does. And that verse has been like a lifeline for me in, in really um, important and pivotal moments um, in my life. So that verse, I mean, it's something that we pray all the time in the Liturgy of the Hours. It mm -hmm. comes up in the Mass frequently enough. Um, Psalm 139 is something that you could very easily find on a plaque at Hobby Lobby, right? Yeah. So it's not like a hidden verse. But when was the moment when you kind of like fell in love with the verse or felt like it spoke to you in a special way? Yeah, so I was a huge fan of Rich Mullins. <laughs> I'm totally nice. dating myself. I have no idea who that is. I'm so right. sorry. <laughs> yeah, and your your life is sadder because of it. <laughs> sorry to say. We'll introduce you later. Okay, sure. <laughs> no. It's like really 80s um, Christian music. Gotcha. But um, I I had a reversion to the faith, and we were singing songs, um, Rich Mullins songs at youth group, and so I ended. Uh, buying his CDs back in the day when CDs were sold. <laughs> well, I guess they still are anyways. Um, and there was this album that was called The Jesus Album. And it was kind of like, um, it was a, a beautiful raw album because it was a tape that he, he just like recorded himself in a kind of rough way, mm. singing mm. a bunch of songs that he wrote. And then he died um, in a car accident after that. And so a bunch of like big Christian artists um, came together and professionally recorded each of these songs. Mm -hmm. And so you could listen to the raw recording of this song that was based on Psalm 139. And then you could listen to Amy Grant singing it. Mm -hmm. And um, when Amy Grant sings it, she's like, there's so much power in her voice. And she's like, the darkness is not dark to you and the night is as bright as day. And because it was sung and psalms were meant to be sung, mm -hmm. um, it just stuck with me, you know. And as, um, the song, I think the, the title of the song is um, Nothing is Beyond You. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's really formed me. Songs, songs have really formed me. In, in the yeah, there's something so special about songs. And as you say, like psalms were meant to be sung. Yeah. Um, because they, they stick with your memory in a way that other things don't like they go to your, your, a special place, place in your brain, obviously, but they also go into an emotional memory. Yeah. Like you connect the sound yeah. with something and the words come flowing back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the testimony of the one who sang it. Yeah. The testimony of like, yeah, the, the people that, that sang it with them or the, the reputation of their band, all of that. And um, when you're in a dark moment, it's really important to be able to kind of look up and to see, like, there's people that have done this before, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm going to be okay. Rich Mullins, I, I think, was a very saintly person. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, Sister Mary Francis and I have many conversations about how we think he's in heaven. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, that theme of darkness, that's like all throughout scripture, right? Mm-hmm. Like all throughout the the Psalms and the prophets and St. Paul uses the theme of darkness mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, and Jesus, too, spoke a lot about light. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, there's... One psalm, I think it's Psalm 18, where it says that God lights our lamp, like that he's the one who actually lights the lamp. Mm. And um, and to think about like the fact that the dark is not dark to him, mm-hmm. but that he goes ahead and lights our lamp mm-hmm. and gives us the light and shows yeah. us what we need. Like just the compassion and the beauty and like his seeing what we need mm-hmm. is. So he gives us what we need. He lights our lamp. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool, too, because throughout the gospel, he ma- he has a lot of parables where he comes in the night, mm-hmm. like constantly. Yes. He comes in the night as a thief. Mm-hmm. He comes in the night um, with that parable of the of the virgins with their lamps. Yes. And some of them have oil and some of them don't. Yeah. And there's that parable he tells of like a servant awaiting the master coming back yeah. from a wedding and he's not coming. He's not coming. He's not coming. So the servant's like, I don't know. Do I go to sleep? Do I like wait in the dark <laughs> and stare into the pitch black waiting for you? <laughs> like, yeah. But that constant theme of waiting for the Lord in that mm-hmm. darkness too mm-hmm. and knowing that he can see. And I think something that... I don't know why I find this particular verse really um, reminds me of some of my friends who are legally blind Mm. and just realizing that in the dark, they can like see Mm. in a way that I can't, like the way Mm. that they perceive Mm. the world. Mm -hmm. They're in a position where they can, they can get around if the lights go off or the Mm -hmm. power fails and I cannot. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're able to meet me and help me in a place where I would otherwise be helpless. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that even being able to have that experience of someone in the dark being able to see mm-hmm. when you cannot, mm-hmm. um, not because they have like bionic vision or yeah. they have a flashlight that you somehow can't see, but because that is their nature. That is, that's how they perceive Yeah, that we can look to the Lord and he can perceive through the dark when we cannot. And in a sense, that is literally what happens to us when we go through moments of darkness, mm-hmm. because you learn by, you know, you're like holding on to God with your every breath. And you're like, I, I know you're going to pull me through this. I know you can. I kind of don't know you can, but I, I'm going <laughs> to say that right now yeah. and I'm going to hold on. Yeah. And then you look back, a, you know, a period of time later and you realize that God really was there. Mm-hmm. And then you realize Like when you see another person who's about to go through the same thing that you went through, like, uh, you're like, I I know you're going to be okay because Mm -hmm. the darkness really isn't dark. Like God is really there. And it's like, um, given you're, you're given eyes to see and ears to hear and to perceive like how God is. And, Mm -hmm. and there's something so intimate about that because, you know, the scriptures come alive then and the life of Christ comes alive and you're able to kind of enter into those moments where Jesus must have felt so alone when he was suffering and then yeah it's it's a there's a brilliant light in the darkness um and then it changes the way you intercede for people because um you know we're supposed to have faith the size of a mustard seed um but when you know that God has been there 
for you when the darkness was like darker than you could possibly imagine. You look at another person and you're like, I'm going to be with you because mm-hmm. I'm your friend and God's with you, even though you don't feel it, you know? Yeah. I was, when I was praying with this verse, I was remembering a conversation that you and I had over text, Sister mm-hmm. Kim, and and just like the, um, we were both struggling with different things and God was kind of resolving things in just really fascinating and unpredictable ways. <laughs> yeah. And the way that you kind of ended the conversation was you just said, yep, God is so other. Mm. God is so other. And I prayed with that for a few days after yeah. you said it, just like his ways are not our ways. Yeah. and. He is so mysterious. And in some ways, like the mystics even call him dark, like the dark knowledge of entering Mm. into the love of God Mm. and, and that darkness and, and some of the kind of groping around that has to happen. Mm -hmm. Like we were even just the other day when we were walking through the house at night to go watch a movie together. (laughs) And one of the sisters was like, you navigate that room in the dark. Cute. (laughs) yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's darker to her because she can't see that much light because she's older anyways that's possible that's possible <laughs> but also just kind of like there are some places i feel comfortable doing that because i'm fairly confident mm. the furniture hasn't really moved yes. and um i, I kind of know where the wall is i know wow. where the doorknob is but there are other places where if it, if the lights went out on me in that moment i would be paralyzed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know i would just be stuck wow mm. yeah that's profound is it yeah, that's super profound. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Yeah, it's true of life. Because it's interesting because, like, so darkness can blind us, right? Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes you go into caves on, like, a tour or something, and they'll actually turn the lights off yes, so you can yeah. experience true darkness. Like, most of us actually have not. Um, and you realize in that moment how helpless you are. Mm-hmm. But sometimes light can blind, mm-hmm. you know? Like, when when we're in the dark and a light comes on, what's the first thing you do? Mm-hmm. You close your you, eyes. You cover your eyes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we can't actually adjust. And it's it's so interesting because sometimes in our life, when we're going through a period of darkness, God will come in and offer us something and we don't take it. We're like, <laughs> no, that can't possibly be the solution. Yeah. Or we're like, no, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that couldn't possibly be for me. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, and so many times when that light comes, we are we allow ourselves in a sense to be blinded by the light because sometimes it is painful. When your eyes adjust, it can be painful. Yeah, mm-hmm. it can be. Yeah, it can mm-hmm. be. Yeah. yeah, so trusting in the one who is offering the gift mm-hmm. as, as good, as generous, as love. Like, that's so key in those, in those dark moments. Something really beautiful about this verse, too, that, like, it's also a verse about hiding, or it can be. Yeah. Um, because, well, Psalm 139 is almost positing, like, I don't know, can can I hide? Can I hide from you? No? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll run really, really high or, like, yeah. go down to Sheol. Yeah. <laughs> like, you almost, when you're reading it, you're almost like, I feel like you tried all these things. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> but it's it's amazing that there are so many times in our life where we do either consciously or unconsciously desire to hide from God, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's because we feel like there's too much being demanded of us Mm -hmm. or we just we've got our own will in this situation and we would much rather just follow our own. Or if if we have experienced even a goodness that we feel like we don't deserve, like Mm -hmm. often we'll we'll pull back and we'll try to hide Mm -hmm. and we'll either hide in a place of darkness 
where we'll try to hide in like a lot of noise almost like mm-hmm. as though he can't hear us like if I just drown out <laughs> you you'll drown out me right like <laughs> but but that's not how it works like God can see through all of that he can hear through all of that and in a way it can be scary in that moment where you know I, I think what's that poem the hound of heaven or whatever oh, yeah. like there's the the hound of heaven for anyone who doesn't know is a poem about like someone essentially they're making the metaphor of being chased by like a hound like as as though they're a criminal getting chased down by a hound but they're actually using that metaphor to compare Jesus pursuing them in love that like he's not going to let them get away and and like die essentially without his love um, and I often think of Psalm 139 in that same lens mm-hmm. that like God, God gives us freedom. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're going to run and hide, I mean, he lets us try, but he's not going to abandon us there. Mm-hmm. He will mm-hmm. always come after us because he knows exactly where we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not much better than little kids who like cover their <laughs> eyes and think that that's the best way to play hide you and seek. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't see me. <laughs> yeah. If I can't see you, you can't see me. Yeah. Yeah. That's why the Psalms are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I like I don't I don't know about you all, but I like to kind of think of this psalm juxtaposed to Psalm 131, like one one of the shortest psalms. Oh yeah, you know about the being humble before God, like as um, a child held in its mother's arms. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sleep here. I'm gonna rest here in you, um, because. Your things are way too lofty for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm know? not even going to try. You're yeah. up there and I'm down here. Yeah, yeah. so I'm just going to rest in you. And I don't know. I, I think that that's kind of a, it's a good uh, juxtaposition to this, to this psalm in the sense of um, the saints talk about abandonment to divine providence or, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, they use some violent words too, like annihilation. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, true. But that that whole sense of surrender um, is the, it's like the, it's kind of like the other side of it. Like what would happen hypothetically if when we suffer, we don't like run away from God to the mm-hmm. highest heights and the depths of darkness, but we just sit there and we say, God, I trust in you. And I'm going to wait for you to do something. I'm going to wait for you to say something because you're going to. Mm -hmm. And that just takes like so much perseverance and patience and trust and a lot of things that sometimes I know I don't have. Mm -hmm. Um, And it can be really easy to sit, to just sit down and actually like throw a pity party Mm -hmm. or just be angry or just like feel like giving up. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. it can be so easy. But then when he does break through and he does show his otherness and he does show his mysterious like way of being there and mm-hmm. proving that he's seen us the whole time and that he's been present and loving us and sustaining us the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. There's something just so moving about those experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we can be angry. Like, I know there's times when I've prayed about something and it's a dark something and there's layers to it. There's mm-hmm. there's like layers to it. There's layers to the anger and the bitterness and mm-hmm. it lasts a long time. Um, but the really amazing thing is, as you said, like once God does, we allow God to break through um, and we find just below the surface of that anger or that bitterness is like that wound or a fragility and you discover God's mercy there and you realize like how like 
when I'm angry, I think my anger is really big, like <laughs> like super huge. It's going to envelop everybody because I'm so important. Yes, you're very scary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's like all-consuming anger. But then when God breaks through, you see again, like just how contingent you are. Like, mm. you know, really without God, we can do nothing. And so um, it's another kind of darkness. It's like it's like you were saying, Sister Anne, it's like the the light that blinds you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And the other thing about that whole psalm, too, and the idea of running versus the idea of kind of resting in his arms, I like holding those two together. And I don't remember if I've talked about it on the podcast before, but if I haven't, you'll probably definitely hear about it again. <laughs> but I've been reading and rereading and rereading the book uh, Personal Prayer mm. by um, Father Thomas Eklund and Father Boniface Hicks. And it is just fantastic. And a whole big theme of this book is about vulnerability in prayer mm. and the need to be vulnerable. There's there's a good chunk of a chapter is on vulnerability, but mm. it comes up over and over and over again in every single chapter, the need to open ourselves before God. Mm. And I think about that image again of like little kids that just kind of cover their eyes and think that that means that they're winning at hide and seek, you know, <laughs> and and that's kind of how we can be with God. like. Sometimes we can just, I don't know, forget that he sees it all Mm -hmm. and we can think that we need to hide from him or in like in our anger, like I know I'll do this in my anger. I'll sit there and say, well, I would give it to you, but you could have fixed this and you could have fixed that and you could have fixed that and you could have fixed that. And that's what's led us to this point. So why (laughs) would I give it to you now? Like sometimes that's how my prayer sounds, you know? Um, But there was a quote from this book that I pulled out because I just was praying about this and it reminded me of this section. Let me see if I can find it really quick. He says um, that the best way to open up to vulnerable intimacy with God is to make a profound act of humility and open our hearts wide to him. And he says, as explicitly as possible, we should offer our entire selves to him, every part of us, especially the parts we consider poorest and ugliest. Mm-hmm. To him, it is all precious. That's awesome. That's very Pauline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like the poor, ugly, gross parts, Yeah, yeah. those are the precious parts to him. Mm-hmm. Like the ones that we want to pull the blankets over and hide and cover up and make sure that he can't see them. And those are not the parts that we allow into chapel. And, right. Um, but in fact, it's precious to him mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's beautiful to him and he wants to touch it you know, in whatever way it needs his touch. Yeah. And we think about like, why did Christ come? Like, why did the second person of the Trinity go through the incarnation, go through everything he went through and go to the cross? Was it for our nice parts? No, (laughs) it was not. It was for those parts. Like, that's why he holds them precious. That's what he did all of that for. Mm -hmm. And like when when we see in the Bible that like everything that we I forget exactly the quote, but like everything we say in the darkness will be brought to the light. Mm -hmm. It's not just about judgment. It's also about healing. Mm -hmm. Like those those difficult parts of us, if we are able to bring them to the light sooner than like at the end of our lives, hopefully, like when we're able to bring them to the light, like that's where Christ can heal us. He mm. was crucified during the day. And and that that is that says something. Mm. And like when he shed his blood for us, he was bringing our sins into the light and mm. fixing them there. And yes, I mean, darkness came for obvious reasons afterwards. <laughs> but like, yeah. but the fact that he did that is is extremely relevant for our lives. Like I think when we go into prayer, 
often we want to go into prayer and be pious. And sometimes we can get caught up in like, okay, I'm I'm going to say the Our Father. Do I focus on my intention? Do I focus on the words? Um, if I can't focus, do I still say the prayer? Like, what what do I do? Or maybe I should just pray spontaneously. Uh, I'm not really sure to talk about. Don't really feel anything today. What do I do? Mm-hmm. We're in those moments. We have something in us, or we wouldn't be being distracted. Like. Maybe it's the distraction itself. Maybe there's something we don't want to talk about. Maybe we don't realize we can talk about stuff that's not quote unquote pious with God. But if we did and brought those things to the light, like that's where he can heal us. That's where his blood flows. Yeah. It's like where the founder says um, that to to go to Jesus, to make our visit with Jesus and to tell him even just if our shoe hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like bring it to him. Talk to him about it. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's why Eucharistic adoration is such a like the key component of our spiritual life as daughters of St. Paul. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, you talk about um, the Lord delighting in our our woundedness. What is that? What does that quote call it? The messy parts? (laughs) He says. Poorest and ugliest? The parts we consider poorest and ugliest. Yeah, like Jesus looked probably the poorest and the ugliest on the cross oh for sure yeah and in and in the eucharist like he he perpetuates the sacrifice of calvary and in adoration like we're adoring his his body but it's like he's not afraid that his he let his body be mangled like when he Mm -hmm. appears to the saints like like his wounds are glowing yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, and I think there's, I think it's in Isaiah, there's that beautiful passage about how, like, he's, like, so marred you can't even look at him. Like, that's yeah. how bad, yeah. how bad, yeah. It's yeah. very hard for me to watch that Mel Gibson, The Passion, Passion. of the Christ. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I'm so glad he made that movie, you know? Mm. Yeah, it is a bit of a revelation on that aspect, I think, of, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, because otherwise we have all these beautiful devotional crucifixes where he looks like a bodybuilder, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too with Eucharistic adoration, like so in all of our Pauline chapels, the wall behind the monstrance tells us from here I want to enlighten. Mm-hmm. Right? Jesus from here wants to enlighten us. And even the monstrance itself with the rays kind of coming off of the host and mm-hmm. and showing us the light and the grace that he wants to pour into our lives and just the ability to open to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah is not something to take lightly mm-hmm. it's it's not always easy and it's not always something that feels good mm-hmm. and there are so many times i think you were both touching on this earlier when we when we are angry enough to not want to pray even though we know we should like i know that i've been in situations in the past where i was so angry with someone or i had been hurt so much by someone that i knew in that moment like i should pray for them Mm -hmm. and I'm like I can't (laughs) like like not even like oh I don't want to but like I I just I I have nothing to say Mm -hmm. like I have nothing to say Mm -hmm. I was so angry and I think that in those moments um I know that not everyone has access to Eucharistic adoration if you're listening to this Mm -hmm. and you don't like there are so many other ways that God's grace can break through to you but in those moments for me it was so important for me to have my parish available even if it was just from like outside the wall, like sitting yeah. in the parking, parking lot. lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, people do <laughs> like, that. Going That's real. I and do. sitting there and, and being like, I, I am so angry that I have nothing to say about this person, mm-hmm. but I'm going to bring this person to you 
yes, in my anger, and I'm just going to sit in front of you with this person (laughs) angry. (laughs) And like, I know you can do something. Yeah. I wish I could have set her down a little more gently, Jesus, but here she is. Yeah. 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 And I think that's kind of like hearing all of this. I'm just so inspired by God's beauty, you know, Mm -hmm. and like that, that notion that like the night is as bright as day, like, yeah. God, your beauty is, you are beautiful. So wherever you are, there's beauty. And so, um, yeah, the darkness is beautiful in a way mm-hmm. because you, you discover again and again, like the depths of God's love, like even there, God, like, mm-hmm. really, you're going to be with me even there when I have like the most horrible feelings about this person who like shanked me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And he loves you and the other person yeah. in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think that's part of the reason, like, there's been for, for centuries nigh on end, like, this fascination with stars or the aurora borealis mm. or all of these lights that happen in darkness. Mm-hmm. There's this fascination. And they're even, like, they're able to give us a grounding that we need even in times of darkness. Like, I know, I think it's in Norway where they do huga. Like, is it Norway or Finland? I get them mixed up sometimes. Where it's like this whole philosophy of like keeping cozy and basically oh, saying. Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah, H-Y-G-G-E. <laughs> okay, okay. I think it's Huga. Um, <laughs> but like how to how to like keep that sense of like groundedness during months of like darkness. Like, like the sun doesn't even come up in some of these yeah, places, right? Yeah. For for months on end in some cases. And part of that philosophy involves like making little nooks of light in your home and like lighting candles. Like there's a, there's a big emphasis on natural light. So light the candles, like people will stock up on candles Mm -hmm. and that idea of, yes, there's this big dark out there and it has very real physical effects on you Mm -hmm. and very real, even communal effects. Mm -hmm. Um, But the light is still there. And it's so easy then to look at like pictures in a magazine or like online totally removed from the situation mm. but seeing those pictures and being like oh my gosh I feel so at home mm. yeah. why I mean I've never been there but mm. like that's not the point mm. it's it's this beautiful like sacramental reminder mm. of God's presence in those moments awesome yeah when you brought up stars I thought for some reason in my mind I went to this place of like realizing that you know a lot of the pictures of like galaxies and stars and stuff that we see that are taken from these Hubble telescopes, amazing telescopes that are like in orbit and stuff. And I remember the time that I realized that most of them were not showing visible light, that they Mm. were showing different parts of the light spectrum Mm -hmm. that we would not be able to see with our eye anyway. And just thinking about that, like we see less than a tenth of a percent of Mm. the light spectrum. Mm -hmm. And just thinking about like how fantastic god is mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like yeah. and he sees it all like mm-hmm. more than clark kent you know <laughs> it is better than x-ray vision like to see all these different parts of of the spectrum and and, and everything that's there that's invisible that's um mysterious that we can't even wrap our heads around yet mm-hmm. we're still trying to figure out how some kinds of matter are held together mm-hmm. like you know and 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 he invented it yeah and we can trust him in that. You know those little fish that are living like the deep water and the way that they attract their prey is like they look really creepy. Oh, the <laughs> yeah, and they have those little lamps that like hang off their forehead. Yeah. 
I think there's one in Finding Nemo. Yes. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so like I sometimes I think of that because that is an example of light in the darkness, but it's like a lie. You know, yeah. like it's a light yeah. that attracts you because you think it's going to give you what you're wanting and then you get eaten. <laughs> so like we often sometimes gravitate towards things that mimic mm-hmm. what real light is mm-hmm. and end up getting caught then in an even deeper darkness that there that there isn't any light and like there's no light in that fish stomach. Mm-hmm. So but how do you tell the difference? So yes, so this is a really <laughs> good question because I think one of the things that we really have to do when we pray is to be vulnerable and not just to like flit. And like St. Paul talks about like test everything. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when we think about testing, we bring up a checklist and we're like, okay, now with my reason, I shall check. Like, <laughs> does this does this mean this or does this mean this? And then we get really confused. Mm-hmm. We're like, well, it could mean this, but it could mean this, but it could mean this. And we never make a commitment because we're afraid that it's going to be the wrong light. Mm. So I think like growing in your relationship of prayer, being able to recognize the the Lord's voice, but then also, as you say, like being able to recognize like the color Mm. of the light that he emits, Mm -hmm. because those creepy lights are also a creepy color. But like, if you don't know the (laughs) difference, it's true. Like there's no way that a human would see that light and be like, oh, let's go there. Like we know that that's not a normal light. But but if if we're able to get to know the Lord in his word and scripture, in adoration, in the sacraments, in our personal life of prayer, like looking around us sacramentally in the world, we start to recognize like what color does his light have? Mm -hmm. And the rules for discernment. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. that's why it's so awesome that we have this heritage of 2000 years Mm -hmm. of like saints that have written about these things and yeah yeah and and part of the rules of discernment are bringing things to light right like and sometimes the most vulnerable gross ugly poor Mm -hmm. parts of ourselves bringing them to the light not only with god but even with someone else yeah with someone we can trust to say this is something that's going on maybe it's something i'm struggling with but whether it's like a whether it's a sin or it's a weakness or it's just something that that makes me feel like I'm not as close to God as I could be, mm-hmm. bringing that to the light and allowing God to work through the reality of his body, mm-hmm. the body of Christ mm-hmm. um, in, in our community, uh, in our, last week we were talking about the community, right? And, um, and just the way that that can change everything. And mm-hmm, also yeah. when we bring boogeymen to the light, they tend to lose <laughs> their power, yeah. right? Yeah. Something that looks really big and scary and gross. When we bring it to the light and see somebody else go, oh, is that all you're worried about? Yeah. You know? Or or to say, yeah, we can carry that together. Yeah. Um, is it the image that St. Ignatius uses? It's one of his, like the later, the, the um, I forget which rule it is in his rules for discernment, but doesn't he liken um, like the the voice of the devil at certain moments to be like a like a man who's kind of like tempting a woman? Yeah, but then I think like it's rule thirteen, yeah, rule thirteen, and then the husband comes yeah. <laughs> or she or she tells her husband about it, and the husband's like, "Oh no!" Yeah. <laughs> and you and just the seducer flees. Yeah. <laughs> <Imagine>. <laughs> but that's like that's the beauty of having friends who are. Or community, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. people that really love you and are able to to help you to discern the voice of God. And 
to chase away the bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Decisively. In, yeah, decisively, exactly. And in those moments where we may live in a situation where we don't have that around us, like yeah. if we're in a family that's really struggling with their faith or, you know, maybe our friends, we we love them, but we know that they don't have the best gauge of like what's <laughs> – I mean, we all have friends like that. Yeah. yeah. To, to know that like the sacrament of confession is a really mm-hmm. beautiful place for that, that we can go and – It's hard, but it's actually one of the most beautiful things about it is to say the thing out loud to another person and through them to Jesus. So you're you're knocking two birds down with one stone. Mm -hmm. And to be able to get it out there into the light, Mm -hmm. it's no longer internalized in you. It's out. And it's it's so important for us as people who are both spirit and body Mm -hmm. to be able to get it out of our internal spirit but also out of our internal body say the words get it out of you Mm -hmm. and that brings it to the light Mm -hmm. yeah and hopefully there's online communities that people can kind of join little bible studies or Mm -hmm. things like that yeah 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 because there's definitely like nuances you want to be able to recognize the creepy light (laughs) yeah I like that. Or to be like, hey, that light over there looks kind of pretty to me. Does it look pretty to you? And somebody can say, no, sweetie, that one's creepy. (laughs) That one bit my foot. Don't let it bite yours. Yeah, yeah. Or let me tell you from experience. Yeah. Yeah. So this has been a really beautiful conversation. I feel I just want want to go to chapel right now after after having talked about all of this and um, go be vulnerable with Jesus and – um, I'm just wondering if we maybe each have like one takeaway that we'd like to take from the conversation, invite mm. people to kind of think about, pray about mm. as we go through this. I hope this takeaway works, but um, <laughs> yeah. So my takeaway from all of this is that God always becomes more beautiful in our life. Like mm. his beauty doesn't diminish and so it's like an adventure with God. And so when we say the darkness is not dark to you and the night is as bright as day, like it's it's something that's beautiful because it's an encounter with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess mine would just be like for anyone listening and, and for myself included, like to keep to keep learning and growing in in our relationships with God to really be able to recognize him um, on site, like right away uh, when, when he comes and to really be able to, to see the full spectrum of his light as, as best we can and to be able to then differentiate it from lights that aren't, aren't real because we know that like, you know, when you hold a prism up to light and it just bursts into all these colors, like that is the beauty of, of the light that, that he is and that he has. So yeah, to kind of grow in that beauty through relationship. For me, it's the point of the vulnerability, you know, the hiding versus the the kind of intimacy and the openness and showing with God. And um, I don't know, I guess something that I've been kind of practicing that maybe I could invite other people to practice is to just kind of sit with Jesus and ask him what is something that that I've been hiding from you, that I've been keeping from you, that you would like to talk about. You know, Mm -hmm. is there something, is there something, is there a place I haven't let you in where you would still like to, to shine some more light or to, to add a little bit of of healing or, or something in these dark little corners in my heart and in my life? Uh, Yeah, that vulnerability. 
Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I just want to give you all hugs. <laughs> Everyone listening, you get a virtual hug from Sister Maria Kim. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh, you guys, this is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. This is so beautiful and so graced and just, ah, oh, I love it so much. Yeah. And that that can really be our prayer for everyone listening. And we, we can ask you to, to pray it for us as well, um, to really allow the light of Jesus Christ to shine in your life. And if you can pray for us, um, that we can continue to allow, allow it to shine in ours so that we can actually share it and be the lights of the world, like the Bible asks us. Amen. Well, sisters. This has been just a really beautiful conversation, and I wish we could have like five more podcast topics with you, <laughs> Sister Maria Kim. Yeah. And maybe we will in the future. <laughs> we'll see. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Thanks for thank coming. Thank you so much for yeah. coming. Yeah. Praying for you all. Yeah. And us for you. <laughs> and we are praying for all of you listeners as well. And uh... um, so maybe just to close, we can pray part of a psalm that we often, as Daughters of St. Paul, pray before our Lexio. And we are inviting basically the Lord into our life as the Word incarnate and as the light to guide us through the rest of our day and through the rest of our week. Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is a fruit of the Daughters Project. This initiative of the Daughters of St. Paul to spread the gospel online is made possible by our generous Patreon supporters. Consider joining us in our mission by contributing to Patreon today. You can find us at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at Daughter St. Paul. God bless you.